Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the the author of Ransom Notes and the weekly Ransom Notes and the subject of an extended radio series and now the host of her own radio slash podcast. You could hear us on 124 different outlets and you could see her in a wonderful documentary about her also called Ransom Notes. Everything Ransom Notes. You talk about branding. Ransom Notes this, Ransom Notes that, and it's a positive. The Ransom Notes. Always a positive. Uh, Catherine Ransom, how are you? Just fine. Thank you, Frank. It's uh, sort of an overcast day here, but uh, I've been inside, so I haven't frozen off my toes. And uh, it's always glad that I'm always thankful I have a nice warm house. Yeah, well, that's that's just it. It's it's one thing being uh, cold and not having anywhere to go. But as long as you have a nice warm place, it, uh, cold's okay. And this is sort of a good time to talk about that kind of thing. Sometimes we take for granted some of the blessings we have. And it's only 10 days to Thanksgiving. Did you realize that? No, I didn't realize that. But that's uh, that's wonderful. One of my favorite holidays, that's for sure. Uh, how do you prepare for Thanksgiving? What do you What do you guys do at your house when you're getting ready for Thanksgiving? Well, we usually have about 35, 36 people. And my wife does, uh, you know, does a, a yeoman's job on on getting everything all together. Her mother cooks the turkey. My my wife makes uh, everything else, and uh, you know I I prepare by staying out of the way. I think that's what she asked me. How how can I help? And she she's just like stay out of the way. No, she doesn't. <laughs> she, she, you know that's that's not a bad idea. Sometimes <laughs> some of us do get in the way, but as I was sort of thinking about that, and we plan to uh, we usually have had Thanksgiving for my housemates, a family, but this year since we have not so much space we're going to go to iowa where one of her uh nieces lives and have thanksgiving there so we prepared by reserving a room in iowa for overnight and that's how and then we'll drive over the day of thanksgiving and come back the next day but i thought maybe it would be nice just for a few moments to think about what are we thankful for? Is it just the, the fact that we can get together and have a meal with friends and family? And that certainly is a great thing. But if we look at the idea of Thanksgiving in a bigger umbrella, what are we really thankful for? So I have a little challenge for our audience. I'm going to suggest that they take the word thanks, T-H-A-N-K-S, jot it down on a piece of paper in, and have space behind each letter to jot down something for which they are thankful that begins with T or H or A or N or K or S. But I thought maybe you and I could model it. So I'll do the first letter. Guess who gets to do the second letter? Me. You're right. Bingo. Okay. And then we'll sort of proceed. So... T, T is mine, and as I thought about it, as we prepared for this, a crazy word came into my mind called togetherness. One of the things that I think I'm really thankful for, and I think it's highlighted at Thanksgiving time, 
is that I have a family for which to to think about, to remember that we get together, that we have the joy of collection. One of the things I think that's even been a problem with the COVID is that we haven't had that togetherness as much with family and friends because we've been separated for a variety of reasons. So my T word is I'm thankful for togetherness so that I can remember all the joys and happy times with a variety of people. My letter is H, and I am thankful for my health and the health of my family. And uh, when uh, when we, we don't have uh, good health, I mean, boy, uh, it, it, what, what a difference the world is. And so we're thankful to the Lord for giving us good health. And I, I thought of one just for fun. I thought, you know, I'm thankful for hugs. Yeah. Right, you know, because because anymore at church now we can begin to hug each other just a bit, sometimes with mask on and sometimes with mask off. But anyway, okay, mine is A. I, as an eighty-six-year-old, am thankful for agility. Uh-huh. I'm able to walk, drive, golf, go to church, focus, do some writing. And so for an 86-year-old, I think agility is not a bad thing for which to be thankful. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, and I'm kind of sticking with the health uh, theme. And my mother, uh, my late mother, was a, uh, was a, a registered nurse, an RN, for, uh, for 40-something years. And, uh, and nurses, I think, are very important. And, and, you know, I know I got to get away from the medical theme here, health and nurses, but I'm, I'm thankful uh, that the Lord has, uh, has put these wonderful people on, uh, on the earth, and we have, uh, we have nurses here for when we need them. Well, and I think we also, during this, these past uh, almost two years now, have been and or should be especially appreciative of the whole medical field, Frank, because there's no two ways about it that the health people have put their their own health on the line as much as almost any group, not the only group, but almost as any group. And uh, we should be thankful for that. So I'm glad you mentioned that. All right, I have K. I want to be thankful for kindness and friendship. This week, a person that I knew probably 40 years ago reconnected and she said some of the most marvelous and I hope somewhat honest and I don't know things about me her kindness of wanting to reconnect with someone she really hasn't seen for many many years kindness is a good thing and that's just one example of the many kindnesses have been shown to me I hope each person during this time, thinks about at least one person that was kind to them. I think it's something for which to be thankful. That's a that's a great one as well. Uh, solitude, S for solitude. I know that sounds a little. That's it. it shouldn't sound selfish, because uh, you know I like solitude. I like to be alone, and I appreciate my wife allowing me some space. Actually, maybe space uh, and or solitude for the S. And, you know, you, you get an opportunity to meditate and pray and, and spend a little time. Read when you're, when you're alone. Think. 
but uh, you know, it's a good time. I think people, when they when they have some solitude, they they uh, they tend to uh, to spend it wisely. And I, I I would hope you know that that people, especially my age and and older and a little younger, have have learned how to use their space and their solitude uh, effectively. Do you suppose that if I look back? I think it was easier or we didn't maybe need the solitude as much. Is it because either because of the times or because of our age that everything is more hectic? Is it just because I'm engaged with more things and more activities? Or is it that the society demands and pushes uh, uh, events and situations on you in a, in a more complex kind of way than 50 years ago? I think I, I I would think that uh, that it, either one of those uh, could could be true, but uh, maybe uh, you know too much solitude isn't a good thing when you uh, when you have um, when you take away from being with other people because you could be with a video game and I'm talking about younger folks and for the most part uh, video game or you could you could text and you, you don't have to interact. So yeah, I mean, I think I, I think you bring up a great point there. But you know, there is good and bad for uh, for solitude and uh, and and ways to handle it. And if you get too alone, you know, you could become lonely. And you know, I remember a couple of weeks ago, we did, you you brought up the minister of loneliness and uh, and everything else. So uh, yeah, I, I think society has a lot to do with how we how we value our time and how we uh, value our time with others. Well, and that sort of balances off the one that I had with tea, which was togetherness. You know, it isn't an either or. We need togetherness. We need solitude. And and then I think we've used this illustration before, but we know that the Lord went off. He he was together with people. He he brought huge crowds together, but he also needed solitude, just as you've expressed that you need solitude. So I think it makes a nice balance. Well, that's our Thanksgiving piece for uh, the 10 days before Christmas. I hope maybe... Uh, Someone else will try it with their family and or it might make a nice conversation piece around the dinner table. Uh, Two or three people give ideas for tea and two or three people give an idea for H, depending on the size of your crowd. And and just throw that out for thinking. Anyway, I was listening on Facebook uh, this week to a friend who I've known for years. Not well, he doesn't know me, but I know him. uh, um, a, a minister that's been around for a long time by the name of Bob Russell uh, with the Independent Christian Churches. And he asked a very thought-provoking question because, and then I'll give you his question, his grandson apparently had something very seriously wrong, and, and the, there was no evidence of that in the piece that I read. But he was in the hospital and in rehab for 77 days, Uh, had to quit his job, had all kinds of bills. Uh, But 77 days is a long time. And he has just come home, uh, and Bob was giving thanks for that to his family. He was coming home to his family. But he then follows it up with the thought-provoking question, and I'm guessing that his grandson might have even suggested this to him. Are you, are you confident 
you will go to heaven when you die? Or why do we think we're not confident about going to heaven? Why do you think some people, Frank, are afraid of dying? The the unknown is always always uncomfortable for people, and you know who knows what um, uh, what uh, awaits what heaven will be like. I have a very uh, optimistic view of heaven, and I'd like to believe I I will get there. But some people would say, "Well, that you know, you're being egocentric by by uh, by assuming there." But I I think it's I, I think it's laid out for us. Uh, how we should live our lives. Now, I mean, you know, someone could say, well, what, what about some far-off place that, uh, that the, the uh, missionaries have never gotten to and they haven't been able to, uh, uh, you know, teach the, the, the word of the Lord? Uh, and, uh, you know, what about them? Will they, will they go to heaven? And my, my belief is that if, I think it's pretty well laid out in uh, in in society and and by the religious leaders and and by God, I mean God. Uh, I think I believe He's laid it out. And uh, those those folks who don't know anything about the Bible or know anything uh, about the Lord, uh, if they're good people, if they're kind people, if they're Christ-like, even know nothing about Christ, I you know I, I think those people will will be joining. Uh, you know, church loving and God loving, and um, and and Christ uh, followers uh, in in heaven, and and you know, and, and folks from all the different all the different religions that uh, that teach love and and kindness and and uh, togetherness, um, uh, you know, or, or or being together with um, the goodness that's out there. I I think that people worry um, because. Maybe there's uh, th- there's something that they've done in their lives that they're worried about, and they don't know that they'll be forgiven. I, I don't know. I think it's, it's a it, it's a very big question because we, Catherine, we're on this earth for a very short period of time, and there is a very very long period of time once we leave this earth uh, for forever. Is a is yeah. I think a, they call it eternity. Right. That's why they call it eternity. <laughs> We're not on this earth for a long time, but, but uh, boy, eternity is a very, very long time. When, when somebody says and sort of asks, and, and you have a sort of a serious discussion that's on this kind of a topic, and they say, well, what about those people who have never had an opportunity to hear the word and to meet the, the Savior? And I say, you know, that's not my decision. Uh, I don't know. That's the, the Lord's in charge of that, and I leave it up to him. And my responsibility is to tell everybody I can and to be as good a witness. Uh, and I'm not trying to evade the answer. It's that, I, that I'm not in charge. So that's, that's sort of my stock re- reply. But it, it, Bob Russell's comment and question did make me think of, you know, why do people sometimes fear death? And... Uh, I think we've talked about one, and that's the lack of assurance that I'm not quite sure I'm going to be good enough, quote, to have eternal life. And uh, I'm not the judge of that, but we do know that the Lord forgives if we continue to ask if we already have a relationship with us and his blood has has, uh, covered our sins. But then I got to thinking of some other reasons. And I think sometimes people are 
afraid of dying because they're going to leave family and friends and hugs. They're going to leave that all behind. And yes, you and I know that our families, that's already gone on. We hope to meet them, but we don't know quite how that relationship is. But we're sort of, you know, I've got a lot of great friends here in Springfield and around the world. If I die, I'm not going to be able to uh, have have coffee with them or, you know, a variety of things. Number three, I think sometimes it, when we think about death, we, we have seen so many people in so much pain that I'm afraid to die because I think I'm going to experience the same kind of pain that my brother did as he died at a relatively young age with pancreatic cancer. And it wasn't just dying. My mother had died at, at only 50 from uh, breast cancer, but she didn't have overt kinds of pain that my brother had. To say she was happy about it, heaven's no. But my brother really had... So I think about that. Am I going to go through that kind of pain? And I'm sort of a softy. Can I do that? And then sometimes we talked one time about the bucket list that lots of people have. And you remember one of the things on my bucket list was to milk a cow. And I did finally get that solved. Yeah. But, but there's sometimes things that are serious that we have on our bucket list that maybe it's the trip you wanted to have with your grandchild or maybe it's the, uh, the home that you didn't quite have a chance to get paid for and you wanted to be debt-free. I don't know what your uncompleted goals and dreams are. Uh, to climb Mount Vesuvius or whatever you want to do. But I don't want to die because I, I wanted to finish that goal. And then we talked about the pain piece that suffering will cause not only yourself, but the pain that it causes your family. I was in pain as I stood by my brother as he's dying. He was in pain. I was in a different kind of pain. I think it's never easy to watch someone die. And as a thinking adult, if I'm the one that's dying, I'm also thinking about the pain I'm causing my family and my friends. And I think those are a number of reasons that sometimes we think, eh, I don't think I really want to die. But I just have to share a couple of scriptures David in the Psalms 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It, it's the old psalm that most all kids, most all churchgoers learned years and years and years ago, that 23rd psalm. But he's going to be with you. He's going to hang on to you. Don't fear evil. I'm with you. And then a second one comes to mind. Do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I think when I face death's door, if, I, if it happens and not instantaneously, I know that Christ is going to be there and he's going to give me enough faith so that hopefully I won't fear too much. Because, I don't know, when you hear the word fear, what goes through your mind? Fear. Um, well, worry... Uh, doubt and fear, uh, wherever one appears, uh, the the other two aren't far behind. But fear is, uh, you know, I, I mean, fear is is non-believing or non, um, 
No. That's a little harsh to say uh, if you if you experience in fear, you don't have uh, you, you you don't have belief. Uh, I I I think though uh, that we we shouldn't have fear, and especially if we're talking about you know death, or we're talking about uh, you know going on to that next that next place, and it's been promised to be beautiful to be wonderful and again i want to live as long as i possibly can here on this earth and experience everything that that is here but like i said we're here for such a short period of time eternity is forever and uh you know i personally think that uh that we shouldn't be fearing uh but you know fear uh look fear is is uh so many people fear the unknown and uh, and have fear of what they're going into fear the darkness because you don't know what's there you don't know what you see but i think if you have belief and you have faith that you can overcome that fear and, and sort of hand in glove with what you're talking and just have said about fear is that part of it is i think sometimes we forget to what prayer can do and we forget to remember to pray have you ever forgotten to pray, or have you ever thought about people? Why do you think people forget to pray? I, I think because things are going so well that they're they think they're on autopilot, and and they take God for granted. We talked, you know, earlier about taking things for granted. Um, you know, how about God? I think we often, we uh, unfortunately often take God for granted, and uh, and when we do. We uh, we forget to pray. We forget to give him thanks. Uh, you know when uh, we when we start praying is is when there's a crisis. There's a crisis. That's when people uh, never forget God. But sometimes when there's no crises available and uh, people are out there uh, just enjoying themselves, uh, they forget uh, who started it all for for us and everybody here, and that's God. And uh, it's sometimes. Oops. And I think sometimes we think that all praying has to be done in church. We forget that prayer is that we should be constantly in communication. If, if, if you have a parent and a child and they only talk to you one hour a week and they can't even talk all that time because there's moments of silence, you'd be sort of uh, lonely and wondering about them and saying, oh my goodness, why don't they talk and communicate with me? And yet that's what a lot of people do, think that I've got to go to church, there's 60 minutes, I'm making up, you know, approximately, that people attend, and during that time, there's group prayer, and sometimes there's time for private prayer. I think there is another thing that happens, some who are, do pray outside of the, quote, the church building, do it sort of on the run. And I dash through life, and occasionally I stub my toe, and I stop and I pray. And the stubbing the toe is not a physical stubbing the toe, but something happens. I've either complained or I've had a, something happen to me that wasn't pleasant, or I hear about somebody who's very ill and I want to stop and have a prayer. But it's sort of on the, the road, running on the road, so to speak. And secondly, I think we have unbalanced prayers. If all your children did 
was ask, hey, Dad, I need this. I need this. I really need this new dress, and if you could just pay for my tuition in college, and I really need a new car, and I re- need, need, need. And I think that's, God, I need this person to be healed. I need this kind of, a, of whatever it is that we're praying for, that we want healing, we want help, things we want. And we don't balance it enough with what you want your own kids to say and God wants his children to say is thanks, gratitude for what he's done celebration for a healing that he has helped with, celebration that you still feel strong, celebration that, wow, the trees are still growing and the leaves are starting to fall because it's autumn and they're so beautiful, but the trees are still growing and growing and growing. We have to sort of try and relook at our prayer habits, and that's why I signed up for a 28-day uh, one of the local churches, you, you put in your your name and it, you get it on e- email each day, uh, a thought for prayer. And it just reminds me that I need to take a few moments. They give me a scripture to think about. And then I often do it before I even climb out of bed in the morning while it's still quiet. And I, I know I'm not quite wide awake, but it's still a way to help me wake up. Maybe We all need to find a time to help us focus on prayer in addition to just when we're in hot water. Do you think that's true? 100%. I almost said amen after you you said that because it's it's so true. Uh, I've taught my children, my wife uh, and, and I have taught our children, when you sit across the table from someone, think to yourself, what can I do for her? What can I do for him? Don't think the other way around. And hopefully the people on the other side of that table or on the other side of that desk, hopefully they're thinking uh, exactly like you're thinking and, and be the same thing with the, with the Lord. Uh, Don't, don't be a taker, you know, don't be uh, such a taker. Uh, Think about other people. And when you pray, you know, pray for others. Pray for your, you know, yourself to have strength, but make sure that you include in those prayers the 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 promise that you're going to use with the strength God gives you. You're gonna you're gonna utilize that strength to help other people in need, and and go forward and do that. And I think <clears throat> maybe that's one reason I wrote the book Ransom Notes, which are. Uh, little devotions in a sense, I call them little essays or parables of life that maybe take five, six minutes to read any one of them. It's that sometimes if we have a devotional book or as I'm doing right now, having these 28 days of a a quick little email that comes to me or or whether it's uh, uh, some kind of a written devotional book, I think it's a way to stop and have to pause in a frantic life, in a frantic world, and it reminds you that you need to pray and have conversation, and that it is two-way, not just me asking, but letting it for God to give me something, but for me to say thank you for what he's already done. But we're about out of time, so I have I have a quote for you, Frank. This is, you're going to have to listen carefully, this is my cat, my cat closing. 
And I think you have a cat, don't you, or, or more? We had five cats, and now we, we're down to three. We lost two of them, but, yeah, we're, we're big cat people. Yeah, well, then this, this cat this cat closing will, will hit home. This one is done by Henry Morgan, his quote. Cats sit in laps because it's warm there. They don't care if it's you or the radiator. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Makes cats sound very selfish. But uh, it, it, that is sort of true, isn't it? Cats just like to be in warm spots. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And we think it's that they love us so much that they just want to sit in our laps. Yeah. I know I don't want to break all the cat uh, lovers' uh, hearts out there, but uh, I, I have a favorite and he disappeared for uh, for for a few days, and uh, and I thought he was a goner, and I thought I'd never see him again. And then he showed up, which meant that he probably has another family that uh, that loves him too. <laughs> he's he's on his own, and I could I finally got him to come in the house. He lets me pick him up, even lets me kiss him on the head and pet him and whatever. But whenever I tried to bring him in the house, he he would act like I'm killing him, and and he and then finally. Uh, during uh, we had a, a, a nor'easter uh, coming, and I picked him up and I I dragged him into the house basically, and uh, and and you know he's been coming in ever since, but uh, yeah, great great quote. Um, <laughs> you talk I I've, I've used egocentric a couple times today, but uh, it makes cats seem very egocentric. They don't care if it's a radiator or your lap. <laughs> That's very funny. That's very good. Very funny. Well, this has been fun chatting with you today, Frank, and uh, uh, I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving, although we'll probably talk once or twice before Thanksgiving, but since we did sort of begin with that theme today, don't forget to keep thanking him. No question about it, and and to everyone listening, uh, listen, give thanks. Don't only pray when, uh, when you need something. Pray when you don't need anything, or pray for someone. When things are going good, pray for someone else. Frank McKay here, signing off. You've been listening to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay signing off. Catherine Ransom, our host each and every week. We'll be back next week, and we'll we'll talk to you once more before Thanksgiving. And if we don't, have a great holiday and give thanks. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Ransom Notes.